0: spoke today to Brian Skanderbeck who's the CEO of GFG Resources the TSXV listed Gold Explorer with assets in Wyoming and also up in the Timmins district Um, very interesting conversation markets getting a little bit excited about the team that they've put forward there we have got our views and opinions on cruxinvestor.com forward slash club if you want to look at those Uh, you can also find company reports training courses uh, commentary from market experts from all around the world on a variety of topics and of course our thriving intelligent investor community who share thoughts and ideas on various projects. Um, If you go there now, there's a 7-day free trial. Enjoy the podcast. Brian, how are you doing, sir?
1: Excellent. And yourself this morning?
0: Not bad. Good weekend. Lots of DIY. I'm a DIY king. (laughs) I I even attempted to change a uh, tap in the kitchen. That didn't go so well, but everything else. Picking up leaves was good. What about you? What have you achieved? Uh,
1: Yeah, three kids. So, you know what? Back to school. So, you know, back to school shopping and and in the middle of that, making drill decisions. So, Sunday morning, the email comes in. You're like, "Uh, what are we doing with this hole? So, you know, balancing kids and drill holes. uh, That's what I like.
0: That's what I like. Yeah, ours went back this weekend as well. Yeah. I was very happy. Um, right, well, let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about uh, GFG Resources because it's a new story to us and the viewers. So, when you kick off, give us a one-minute overview of the business, and then we'll pick it up from there.
1: Yeah, look, GFG Resources. Uh, we're a uh, district scale explorer based in Saskatchewan, Canada. Two main assets: one in Timmins, and the other is in Wyoming, Battlesnake Hills. So, we've been around for about three and a half years. We trade on the TSX. Um, great balance sheet, good backing and active build programs. So I, I think it's a pretty exciting uh, story to share with your listeners.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Um, I always kind of like to kind of get into the business model with people and try and understand the strategy that they're going to employ to deliver that plan. Um, but why don't we kind of dismiss some of what you're looking at. Can we can we just talk about Rattlesnake very quickly and then sort of park that up because obviously you're focused on Penn Gold. So what's happening with Rattlesnake?
1: Yeah, Rattlesnake, look, it's, it's a big alkaline gold district in Wyoming. Uh, there's about 100,000 metres of drilling in there, 2 deposits. Uh, up until April, we've been in a partnership with, uh, with Newcrest, funding us and, and taking it through, drilling some really deep holes and uh, I think had modest success and they turned the project back to us. So our game plan right now is to look at alternatives for it. Uh, we're in dialogue with a number of parties. Uh, our goal is to find an appropriate path forward for this asset, whether it's a partnership, joint venture option structure. And the reality is uh, it's a great project. It's in a good jurisdiction. It's just too big for GFG. And with our balance sheet and the way we look at our our, our share capital structure, it just doesn't make sense to go and raise 3, 4, 5 million US. So strategically, we focus on Timmins. We maintain leverage to the US asset and uh, I hope to have more to talk to the market about in the coming month uh, in terms of how we're taking that asset forward.
0: Okay. So again, just a couple more questions on it. Um, So it's it's too big for you, but it's too small for uh, Newcrest. So you've got to find someone in the middle um, that wants to move this forward. Have you inherited the data which Newcrest? Uh, uncovered uh, or came up with during that? Yeah,
1: we have everything. I mean, we operated the project. Um, so we put the plans together, technical teamwork with Newcrest. So all the data is there. You know, the challenge you have is when you're looking a kilometer deep, you're looking at a block cave style system. Um, Newcrest has big size thresholds and they need. 5, 10, 20 million ounces for it to be relevant. They're not interested looking at a million ounce oxide style system, which I think you can see a path forward towards a rattlesnake. That's not what they're looking for. Um, Great relationship, good team with them. And uh, I personally wasn't that surprised to see them turn it back. I was actually quite satisfied with our results. Um, Obviously, I would have sooner seen a big discovery of 200 meters at three grams, but that's not what we get with Newcrest. Um, but I think there's very good scope for you know 0.7, 0.6, 0.8 gram oxide heat leachable million plus ounce style system. And the game plan is to do risk this via finding a partnership for it. So if we looked at you know mid-tiers junior producers that want exposures in the US, um, this is our game plan for that asset. It's it's a sizable district, it has great analogies, and uh, you know, there's lots of good drills on that project. So uh, I think there's good value and there's good leverage in uh, in that asset for TFT shareholders.
0: So what else is sitting around that? Because it sounds like something that needs to be pieced together with an, another asset or two is the reality of those yeah, sorts of So Yeah.
1: The the best geological analogy is, is actually the Wharf mine. So both of those are, you know, 40, 45 million year old Eocene uh, alkaline systems and districts. Uh, Cripple Creek sits south, so Anglo Gold option is sold that off to Newmont. Uh, Colorado, also a similar alkaline Gold district. So those are the best kind of deposit analogies. Um, Lots of stuff going on in Idaho, great jurisdiction. Uh, Wyoming per se isn't a Gold belt, like lots of coal, bentonite and and oil and gas. Um, I wouldn't say there's any other Gold projects that we're really pushing in Wyoming, but this thing is quite unique uh, from the state side. So I think there's good comparables if you look at modest sized heap leaches in Nevada and Idaho for good direct analogies to rapid
0: Okay. I guess more of that to come. Look like at a 35 million um, market cap. I would you say it's fair to say that Rattlesnake's getting no value attributed to it?
1: Well, you know, I I don't think no is a, probably a fair comment. I mean, if you look at our chart, um, there was a sharp uh, upswing in December and a sharp cliff, and that was predicated on drilling and Rattlesnake in Rattlesnake and Newcrest. So you can see it definitely attracted people. I think people all own us for that. Um, they also sold this for when it, when the results are mediocre. Um, I guess I, I'd probably say I'm comfortable with maybe a third of our valuation allocated to to rattlesnake and two thirds to it. Um, quite modest. Our book value on the assets is around ten million uh, in, the, in the U.S. assets. So I think we're definitely more levered to success in in Timmins, and in most of our shareholders would be focused there. But I wouldn't say uh, no. Nothing's allocated to it. So.
0: Okay. Okay. So you, you've raised about nearly six million bucks uh, back in May. You've got a plan. Yep. What's the plan?
1: Drill, drill, <laughs> drill. So, drill, 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 drill. That's know, always a good ultimately, one. Ultimately, uh, our our, uh, our shareholders, you know, may well have wanted us to keep drilling, and and the key, um, really, turnaround event for GFG back in April was announcing a very high grade discovery at Nim, uh, seventy one grams over eight and a half meters, so greater than five hundred gram meter product and uh, obviously uh, you can look and see why that would be attractive. So, we financed on the back of that. We had a lot of good interest in shareholders um, and we brought Alamos in. So, we, uh, we definitely have a good credibility stamp. We've got money in the bank and we took the summer to understand that discovery but also do a lot more field work in the program and now we've kicked off drilling about uh, about a week ago. So, we anticipate drilling through to the end of the year. We're financed to do it. And uh, drill, drill, drill is, is is essentially saying, you know, it's time for the market to pay attention. This company is actually doing so. Okay.
0: I yes, it is. But the thing that I was drawn to first of all was you kind of gathered a team of quite big hitters. All the big boys are in town here. Um, that's what I was drawn to first. You've got a whole bunch of mine builders. You've got you know people who've um, created huge amounts of value there. So. Why gather such a big team on such a small project? That's one really getting at where the plan. I get the drilling bit because that's where you can spend the money, but yeah. what's the yeah. plan? Is there a business plan? What are you trying to build here?
1: Yeah, I mean, looking back at, at I guess the history of a number of the people involved in this company. Um, most of us go back to Cloud Resources and and I was the CEO of Cloud and played a number of roles with Cloud initially as their ex-flow manager and VPX. Uh, we were good and, and lucky enough to find Santoy Gap and and that really transformed the company and we put that into production. We came, uh, essentially turned ourselves into a very, very strongly free cash-flowing company, and we're acquired by SSR in, in what I think is one of the best transactions to hold out there as, as a win-win for shareholders. Um, so, chairman of, of GFG is Patrick Downey. He was on our board uh, with uh, with Claude, and he's also built and sold three or four different companies. Ryan Booth was my chairman at Claude, and he's also on the board with, uh, with us. Now, Brian's quite relevant because he founded Lakeshore Gold, which became Timmins West Mine, which was sold to Tahoe, sold to Pan American. So, Brian, I believe, and I give him credit for making one of the most relevant discoveries in the Timmins Belt in the last 20 years, and he's on our board. Steve DeYoung um, founded Integra 1 and 2, so great pedigree. He runs Verify now, uh, an online digital 3D platform for marketing. A really cutting edge guy that uh, you know is now involved with Integra too as well. So great guys. And Arnold Glasson, look, he's, he's he's a great guy. He's on our board with Cload, but he's also the audit chair at Kirkland Lake. I mean, he's got great pedigree. 40 years of uh, VP finance with uh, Dynatech, and and uh, so these guys are all solid, built mines, operated them, transacted, raised capital. Um, so we're not afraid of taking something into production at all. Uh, good team that's done it before,
0: right? So you've you've all got experience of uh, making shareholders money, you know, building businesses, building yep. mines. Perfect. So what did you learn there, or, or what is it from from that experience that you're trying to replicate here? Was it an entirely new experience for you?
1: Well, you know, belt scale opportunity. Um, you know, and I'm always looking for that as an exploration and operator. And and talking about strategy, it starts with belt scale opportunity. And then, what's your exit? What's your path? And, and ultimately, why did you select the area you selected? So, if you look back at Claude, we had a whole belt, and and I think it was poorly understood geologically. And we stepped off 15 kilometers and made a relevant discovery, and that's now two three million ounces. And SSR is doing great on it. So we went to Timmins, knowing this is one of the highest endowment pieces of crust in the world. Um, it is the home of all the majors, or a number of them: Iam Gold and Newmont and Kirkland Lake and. American, and look, guys all around us. So, um, it's elephant country, simply said. Um, And we put this large belt together, believing that any relevant discovery there will be acquired. And there are so many mills in this belt that are all truckable distance to us. And that's ultimately the second reason we went there. The first was, we believe there's Gold to be found. And it hasn't been found historically because of the approach and the philosophy and the lack of consolidation. And then finding something, we think there's a good direct path to being acquired, and that when you look at I.M. Gold and Cote deposit, they're building a 35,000 tonne a day mill that truly is within five kilometers of a property. Now it's triple the size of the Newmont Mill. So what does that mean for the camp? I mean, it's a, it's a huge billion-dollar investment. And just this weekend, you had the prime minister and the premier of Ontario, you know, shoveling dirt. And a mine in Northern Ontario. And that is a great sign for a belt. And, and ultimately we recognised that 3 years ago and that's why we went to Timmins. So to me, what did we learn with Claude? Belt scale opportunity, thinking differently, recognising the opportunity. And that's why we went to Timmins um, to piece this belt to ground together. We've been working on it now for 3 years. It doesn't happen quickly. I mean, I was with Claude for 10 years Uh, Gap was the 3rd time drilling that target and uh, it was the best target, but we didn't find it until the 3rd drill phase on it. Um, And that's why when you look at our results, I think in Timmins they're quite compelling because we've had very relevant discoveries, shallow, early stage already.
0: Okay. So how much longer do we have to wait to see some movements? Like say, you know, you've, it's been a tricky year for everyone, I guess, and it's been a very tricky, Three years for you guys. So you know yep. you've had it for three. You've been there three, three and a half years. Yep. Huge rise and then huge, you know, fall from grace, as it were, with nothing's really been happening. But in this in gold environment, you've raised some cash, a big chunk of change. Do you think you're going to be able to change the fortunes of this company with that money?
1: Yeah, six million was a good raise, and our balance sheet's strong. Uh, ultimately, it gives us financing through to Q2, Q3 of 2021. So there's good runway and you need that. You don't need overhang on your stock knowing that your next dollar has got to come in with your next drill hole. And I feel pretty confident that we're going to go out there and have good results um, on this belt, not just at Nib, but when we look at the allocation to the targets that we're doing, we have 5 or 6 targets spread across this belt. Some of those are earlier stage, some of them HGM of economic hits and some of them like Nib, brand new discovery. So there's a good spectrum of targets we're testing. Um, or adequately financed through the next year so I'm pretty optimistic we'll put some good results out and it is about timing so with the rig turning now and maybe a month's turnaround time to get a reasonable batch of bulls back you know we're into early October before we're probably talking assays to market
0: right and what do you think you need to see coming back from the from the drill results from these assays to get the market excited because there's a lot of small stories here you know You're down there with a you know a significant number of people in the same same boat as you saying the same things, so what's going to stand out?
1: Scale, gram meter products, right? I mean, you can see those that have moved. You can look at Amixes. You know, they start showing scale, and then uh, so I, I I'd love to see us demonstrate continuity at NIB. Um, which is our discovery. I'd love to see us announce relevant disco- discovery or, or follow-ups at some of our other targets, which I think are quite credible and have a good, good potential to, to yield results. To me, what's a relevant hit? 50 gram meter product. You know, 10 grams over 5 meters, something like that. That's, that's what I'm looking for to be relevant. Obviously, if you get to 100 or a 200 or 500, you know, you, you're going to get a lot more credibility for it. So that's what I'd like to see uh, come out of those targets.
0: So, why only now? Why raise money now? What have you been doing for the rest of the three and a half years? I mean, how much have you
1: spent to date? Uh, Right now, we would have six six in the bank, about six and a half million in the bank right now. Um, So, the last uh, financing, we peaked at around 7.8 million. That would have been sort of the April, May timeframe. We executed the summer program. We started drilling now. So, now we sit with six and a half. We'll end the year with three and a half million cash in the bank. And our DNA is about a million bucks a year. So, you know, I I don't see a need to raise more capital right now. Um, That being said, if we want to really ratchet up the meterage on this project, um, and that's really what I think would move the needle for the market to say, okay, GFG comes out, we're going to drill 50,000 meters instead of 10 or 15. And and that's really what the market wants to see. So, you know, we're going to execute this program. Uh, We're going to see what the results look like. And I hope we're coming back to the market and say, we're going to raise another 10 million, five million bucks, and we're going to double or triple the program. Uh, that's what I think the really market wants to see. I think I think
0: it is. But why not yeah. do that now? And you,
1: Ultimately, when you look at targets and, and how you allocate capital, um, you need to see uh, the ability to really throw two, three, four rigs at it. And at this stage, I think we need to show continuity and scale. And when you have demonstrated that, I think it's the point you step back and say, we're really stepping up the rig count here. So I think it's a little premature for us to step out and do that. But I think with the results that we're expecting in this, we would like to see us ratchet up the program. And you can see it in terms of how some, something like Amex or Great Bear has, has escalated their program. Um, first phase, test your targets, show the results, show the scale, raise some capital, and then expand it.
0: I mean, you guys are really quite well connected. You know and, and you've got a track record of, of, of delivering things I mean what's the kind of um, arbitrage here when you're, when you're sitting talking to the board you go, well look we can build mines we've built we've done it before we can do it again versus you know if this asset doesn't come up to scratch at what, what point do you make the decision and say look it's just not delivering we need to move on to the next thing sell would you keep flogging a yeah. dead horse I mean how, how does it work yeah. in the boardroom?
1: Yeah, look, our board members are, are really, um, they're savvy, they've been in the space for a long time, they ask good questions. Take a guy like Patty, you know, he's been through assets that haven't made the cut. Um, and he said, okay, time to cut our losses, time to move on, time to reallocate, Time, whatever your choice is. So, you know, I think the board's very supportive with our endeavors in Timmins right now. Um, they're all connected to that belt and know it well and have had good su- success and track record there. So. Nobody in this company or at the boardroom saying that at all. Uh, I think they're all excited by the results we put out at Nib. They're excited by the targets and in reality, sometimes the market's expectations wants real high-grade results instantly. When you put a belt together of 60 kilometer scale um, and if you want to do thorough regional work, um, you need a year, you need 18 months to do the groundwork prep time, thinking, analysis to go out and build proper targets, then you go and test them once. Okay, and that's what we did at NIM. And you have a high-grade discovery, then you come back to it. And that's really where we are. So I don't think the board at all is is, is looking for us uh, thinking we're we're putting too much time into this uh, into this asset. I think they're all pretty excited with where we are.
0: I was going to say the word the word district scale is is bounded around. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. everyone. Well, a lot of people use it and they, they misuse it as well. What, yep. what do you mean by that? And why do you think you can do it with a budget as small as you've got? I mean, because it, yeah. it's going to take, it's a liability in a way, because you've got a lot of work <laughs> to do to actually prove up that statement, district wide scale.
1: It's, it's an opportunity and a challenge, right? So, you know, if you want to put um, and, and have real value to unlock and at an earlier stage, there's a lot of uncertainty in the exploration game. And if you can put your finger on a large belt and tie it all up, that gives you a good probability of success. So what we've done in Timmins is say, here's a big belt of rocks that there should be one or two mines in. And we control that whole belt. And that was the thesis going in there. Um, You can look at us now and say they have six targets they're going to go drill. Where's the focus? Why aren't they just drilling that one target? why well, look and study discovery probability, and it is, it is what is constantly in our brain. How do you allocate capital to which state of target? And, and that's the real niche of re- returning shareholder value. Do you put five holes into a target? You put two, you know, and, and that's what many geologists are constantly weighing. The district scale opportunity is a challenge. You have to constantly build your pyramid. You have to have, you know, good thresholds for what you think weren't. Drill ready, drill target, second phase follow up. Um, So, I'm comfortable with where we are on the district scale, many companies and individuals misuse the term, um, but 700 square kilometres is truly a district Um, and it is an exceptionally large land position. And then it goes back to what's our exploration philosophy? How do we approach that belt? How are we finding something groups haven't found before? So we built the framework, we did all the regional geophysics, we sampled all the till and then we said, what did people miss? And lo and behold, 2 or 3 areas jumped out, really high threshold golden and anomalies that were not the focus of historic working. So it has, really your exploration philosophy has to go in tandem with the district scale approach. I think that's something GFG does well.
0: Okay, well, here's, the, here's my problem. We interview a lot of companies, okay, and we, we, we've yeah. interviewed a number of companies to talk about district-wide scale, and they've been at it yeah. 10 15 years in some instances, and they've been ploughing through the cash because they're just trying to work out the extent of the scale. The market loses patience. They get bored of the story. They're just tired. They need to move on to the next new shiny object down the road. You've got a current bull environment, which is obviously very pro-gold. It seems quite easy to raise money. I'm looking at your board. I think it'd be very easy to raise money. Don't you feel tempted, despite the philosophy you just outlined to me? Go get a big chunk of change. Go and prove up some qu- some quick wins, and concurrently develop this district-wide thesis of yours. Because that takes time and money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and it, it is the, the pace of exploration is what you're really talking about, and the capital availability to drive it. Um, so I, I think what we've said about here is, is a good balance sheet, good approach. You know, to go raise another five million. Six million, seven million. Um, the market is supportive of stories these days. The gold at 20, you know, pushing, pushing back up to uh, to, to record highs again today, and uh, you know, I think there there is merit for that. That being said, um, maintaining some discipline, ensuring you're looking at your targets and saying, does this target warrant two rigs on it yet? No. Yes. Okay. And, and make that decision and go forward. And so that's what we're sticking to. I'd love to come back to the market and say, you know what, we're going to expand this to two or three rigs this fall. And I look forward to having that, but we're not at that stage yet. We're executing this program. And I, I firmly believe our shareholders and supporters too. Like you look at Alamos, you know, big Swiss institutional shareholders, the Lundin family owns a bunch of us. So our shareholders have backed us really well over time. And I think they're very happy with our progress. You know, and the discipline approach is, is interesting because you know, that's why groups like Alamos back us. That's why when we talk to mid tiers, they're like, why don't you come do our exploration? You guys do it really well. And we get that feedback from groups that are running billion-dollar companies. And uh, so we take that as, as to... You know, I guess a compliment in our in how we're executing our strategy.
0: But also, but it's also with with big groups like that, who've got a lot of money, they place a lot of bets, and they expect yeah. some of those bets not to kind of work out, but the ones that do will more yep. than make up for it. So, yeah, you know, and they've they've got to have a balanced approach to their thesis. They're going to want some companies to run, some to mm-hmm. walk, and others to maybe buy their time. Um, you're saying there's a kind of slow, considered. Uh, thoughtful process that you' you've engaged, and everyone's happy with that.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh, uh, I think they're happy we're drilling now uh, back again. I think when you looked at our pace and and the rationale to take a break this summer for two or three months, uh, that was justified. and uh, and that's why we're pushing where we are. We have good good relationships with the corporates, and uh, Alamos is a great example they 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 do take a bit of a basket approach proximal to their spoken hub philosophy of the districts they work in and the infrastructure they control. They are a very, very logical partner for us. Uh, I can tell you they are very engaged and I, I can also tell you there's there's lots of other companies that work in the belt that follow very closely with what we do um, and, and definitely um, you know, noticed the belt we control and the results we are having.
0: Okay. So when do people get excited? You, t- you talked about a 10-year process at Claude. Um, what's happening here? What's the plan?
1: Yeah, look, I, I want to come back to market with three or four press releases before Christmas, right. and uh, that's what I'd like to see. We're going to drill thirty to forty holes uh, in the current program, then we're going to evaluate what we have, and and we'll launch again in Q1 uh, for 2021. So I, I think there's good uh, a good number of catalysts coming through the second half of the year. Uh, you know, I think ten years is is not something any shareholder wants, and and you can you could probably agree that I would even say that. You know, ten years of Clode was a painful time. 2 You know, two, two, two good years and eight tough years, and uh, many stories are like that. Um, and you know, the resilience to battle through that. And today, Claude shareholders would be worth about five fifty or six dollars a share, um, and not the ten cents that we bought them at. So you know, despite the fact some stories take a long time to develop, um, I think there is uh, there's good value to be unlocked. Um, I'd like to see GFG expand this program moving to fall, have an even more aggressive program next year and really start moving these things towards relevant scale and size demonstration and resources. Um, you can look at some good examples of companies um, that have had good track records in the, in the Abitibi. Go look at Amex, go look at uh, Radisson, you can go look at some of the guys in Timmins too that have had a good track record of, of attracting value. So, uh, I think relevant discoveries in this belt get noticed
0: okay Brian nice run through um, i have got I got a sense of what you're trying to build here um you just got to go do some drilling come back and tell us all yeah. about it because I think I think that I think, that, I think <laughs> that's you know that's the difference here if you if you continue to hit those high grades um, the market will react if you don't
1: I, I, look, there was a good number thrown out the other day, and, and it talked about, you know, the 50-gram-meter product. And if, if, if you come back, what is a relevant discovery when you, should, when you should give up on a target? So if you've done two phases of drilling, if you haven't had a 50-gram-meter product discovery, you're probably putting too much money into it. Okay, so you can go look at what GFG's put out. We put out two or three like that on different targets. And uh, so I think the pace is really good. I'm excited to get back out there and, and uh, allocate meterage into areas we found really high-grade discoveries so far. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the rig is turning, and we're excited to get uh, get back get back some results to the market. So, yeah.
0: Give man, pick up the phone,
1: give us a call awesome. when you do. Awesome. Thanks very much for your time today, Matt.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Crocscast?